Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Jackie Service. Jackie and I have been working to connect here on this podcast for many, many months now. So I'm so thrilled to have her here today. She is a people strategist. She is a seasoned human resource executive with certified executive coach with over a decade of assisting leaders in aligning people with strategies and talent acquisition, best practices to scale their organization. As a business owner and people strategist, Jackie leverages her leadership and integrated approach to drive strategy around talent planning and forecasting organizational design, leadership development coaching, change management, and staffing services. With a passion for driving sustainable business growth through the power of people, Jackie focused on strategic partnerships with leaders to drive results, build teams, and create sustainable impact. Now, this is, it sounds like it's all a business podcast, and it isn't. This is Jackie's background, but she is here today sharing her vulnerable story of really what she came through, her health journey, really learning to listen to her intuition, dealing with a brain tumor, and the changes that that caused, created, and really nudged her to create change in her life and in her business. We talked a lot about human design, really found out we know a lot about each other, and understanding and embracing who we actually are, and learning how to grow and change in our lives and business. We talked about being recovering people pleasers, fighters, pushing to get you know really to get that approval from others and really not even realizing that you're doing it. We talked about the masculine approach to business and the feminine approach to business and how it can be. And, and more importantly, most importantly, we talked about how to be grateful for the journey, especially when it doesn't make sense. When at the time when you're in it, it just really does not make sense. But when you can look back, you recognize that you wouldn't be the person you are today without the journey that you've walked through. So I love this podcast episode and I cannot wait for you to tune in and listen to everything that Jackie has to share with you today. Welcome to the show today, Jackie. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is long overdue, my friend. And I'm excited to both have a mic and like see your eyeballs and be able to connect again. (laughs) Yes. I love how many people that we connect with in the online space and we cheer each other on and we support, but it's like, we don't get to see, like see them. Um, And Mm -hmm. I actually was up your way this summer. I didn't even know it. Where was it? Port No, Port Elgin. You were in Port Elgin and... I'm like not even two minutes from there. Oh my God. And I saw you post a picture of the sunset. I was like, I just watched that same sunset. (laughs) And so, yeah, we were literally in the same like ethos and just with, I think the way of the world right now, we 
we didn't see each other eyeball to eyeball. So it's just, it's fun to be back here with you in this container and, and to serve in whatever way we can today. Oh, I know we will. I know we will. And you know what? This is one of those episodes that I knew was going to come in its own time. Like I was not, I don't stress over that stuff. And we've had quite the schedules and things going back and forth. And I'm like, it'll come, it'll all come in its own time. So I'm super happy to have you here today. I would love it if you would, how can you share one thing about you that maybe not a lot of people know? We're going to dive into your story a little bit more, but I just want to start there. One thing that not a lot of people know that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think, why don't I, some people know this, but I, I swam at a really high level for Canada. And so I came from a ethos of athletics and a lot of my parallels in life come back to this rootedness of athletics. My dad was a football coach local to you, Blue Bell Collegiate, Waterloo. Give a shout do you know, out. Do you know I can walk out my steps and go down the steps and that's Blue Vale? Like I can actually point right to it. That's how close I am. That's so me. that was my high school. My brother is now the football coach there. So you probably hear him or see him out probably. on that football field. Yep. Um, my brother played football. I was a swimmer. Just sports was a big part of our family and upbringing. Mm-hmm. And... Although I share it in the context of my story, I don't talk about it very much. So that would be something. That's cool. I like that. Um, you So when you swam competitively, how long did you swim until? Like what age was did it change? I stopped swimming at 18. Okay. And primarily because that's a decision time of where you want to go to post-secondary. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a call if I was going to pursue something in the U S which many of my peers did Mm -hmm. or stay local to Canada. And honestly, I fell out of love with it. Yeah. I just simply fell out of love with it. So, uh, it was my grade 12 year was my first year, not swimming for region of Waterloo row. And, um, I shifted gears and focused on school and I got to play sports at high school for the first time because I never had that opportunity before. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was right around 17 that that shift happened for me. Well, I can't tell you how many people I know and parents that I know whose kids did something super competitive for many years. And then all of a sudden they stopped and then they were doing school sports or whatever. And it was just such a change. Like it's such a change. My one son did row for a year and I mean, holy, that was work that like row swimming, that was a lot of hours and early hours and odd hours. And you have to be made for that. Like that is definitely, you are built for that. Very much so. Yeah. And like, bless my parents and those who helped us because it was, you know, if you weren't jumping in the pool when the clock turned five in the morning, you were late. And so, you know, I think about a lot of, uh, uh, just my parallels in life and business have come from sports and athletics. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something I don't talk openly about a, a ton, but I have a deep love and passion for sport. That's so cool. That is so, so cool. Um, as you did that, then you went to school and you went corporate. What was your background? Like, what did you take in school? So I, when I left Bluevel, one of my mentors was actually my business teacher. Um, her name is Lori Guest. She's one of the most phenomenal teachers out there. And she, we're still friends today. She's still a mentor to me. 
And she really opened up my eyes to business Mm -hmm. and what business meant. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation with her saying, I'm not really sure where I want to end up. And she helped me see the parallel that going into business will always lead to something. Everything is a business, whether my brother was in kin. So he went through kinesiology and a lot of things at the end of that usually lead into business. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just really stood true for me. And so I left Waterloo, went to not too far away, but 45 minutes down the road to McMaster, Mm -hmm. um, where my dad played football, my brother played football and now I was coming in and I actually played varsity tennis. So tennis was my second sport. And I, I picked that up for fun. And uh, I did a Bachelor of Commerce at McMaster University mm-hmm. before I uh, transitioned into corporate. Wow. And you were in corporate for a few years, right? Before? Yes. A decade. Yes. It was, a, it was a de- my really my entire 20s. Mm-hmm. I was in corporate America. So I... When I graduated from McMaster, um, I had a beautiful opportunity to be hired into a new grad program with PepsiCo. Frito-Lay was the division, but PepsiCo was the overarching brand. You'll hear a lot of mentors that have helped shape me. One of the people I met there right away was the VP of HR. His name is Dave Monker. He uh, also went to Mac, so he had an affiliate to come back and recruit and help new grads from the school. And we had a chance to meet in my fourth year. And I joined PepsiCo as really their first new grad in human resources. And the beautiful thing is they actually handed me an opportunity to cultivate the entire new grad program. So as a new grad, I came in and I was working directly with the president of Frito-Lay at the time and Dave, who was the head of HR, to cultivate a brand new strategy and thinking around new grad recruiting which was really cool and progressive in 2008 for them to start thinking that way and uh, was the catalyst, which really kind of catapulted me in my career. That's so cool. I love how mentors, like we obviously have to take the steps to get into the, you know, into the containers, into the spaces, but it always seems that there's this mentor that comes up. That's just like, you know, changes the game, changes life and where it goes. Mm. Oh, always. Mm -hmm. And whether we call them, you know, I had coaches like that in swimming yep. and then I had mentors in school and then I had mentors and coaches in business that have really shaped the path. And it was such a, in a way, I think it's why I do what I do now is to often give back mm-hmm. and knowing that that was such a big part of my life. Like how can I serve somebody else that maybe is two or three years behind me and help lift them up so they can also have the opportunities that I had. See, and I think that's something that I've always admired just from what I do know of you is how much you do give back and support other businesses and support people because like there's just so much knowledge that you can share. And we all know the rising tide lifts all ships, right? So it makes such a big difference if we can just buy into that because it's true instead of the whole lack of comparison, all of those competition energy that just doesn't serve anyone. It really doesn't. Listen, I am just as guilty as anybody of being a pseudo people pleaser. So if anybody's a people pleaser out there, like I do have my Achilles heels. Don't, don't get me wrong. And I've also really come to this place of why I do what I do is to be in service. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. My last name just happens to be that. I know. (laughs) Okay. Universe. I hear you. I hear you. I get it now. 
um, because that's my ethos. Like if we, if we just stop and really think about how we can serve every day, serve our, serve our family, Mm -hmm. serve our friends, serve Mm -hmm. our community, serve our fellow business peers. Mm -hmm. If we just look at it from an underground, like an underrootedness of how can I serve today? Mm -hmm. The energy that surrounds us is so much more brilliant than competition or lack, right? I just, I really see through the lens of abundance. I was not always that way. I grew up a competitive athlete, so I had competitive sides. Mm -hmm. So that is a, that is learned or relearned, or I had to unlearn things we could say in a different way in order to find this again. But what a beautiful energy and vibration abundance. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I love, I love every part of that because I think that that's, that is definitely needed more and more right now. And I think that there's becoming this separation where you can see who actually embodies that and who doesn't like, you can see more and more of how there are people that truly do like, it's like, it's give servant leadership. How can I pay it forward? What can I, how can I serve? Because it all comes back around. And I mean, I know you're the same. I've looked at it like there are people who've crossed my path over the last six years. I wouldn't be where I am if it, if they hadn't crossed my path. Now you have to be open to see it, but I wouldn't be. There's no, there's no way if if I if I hadn't crossed paths. So I think that that's a really interesting piece of it. Um, what drives you the most? What is something that drives you? And I think you might have already described it, but I'm just curious, what drives you the most to keep doing what you're doing? Um, what drives me the most, I would say service, like being in service, but so energetically how that shows up in my body is I really trust my gut. I've done a lot of work this year on inner child work, deep rooted work of self. And listen, I, I was not a newbie. I had, I've been in the game of personal development for 10 years. So I've, I've had lots of different experiences that have led me here but it was my time to go and do some deep inner child work this year. And one of the things that I learned just through doing um, some human design work actually was right. It's just, it was like, it it was like somebody speaking to me directly. Yeah. I learned that I was a a manifesting generator. Okay. I was going to ask you what you were. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I also learned that being multifaceted was my gift Mm-hmm. and that my gut doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. And so I get really strong. I have always had really strong pulls to yeses and nos immediately. And for so long, I didn't trust my own gut because of the noise outside of myself, whether that's culture and society, peers, educational systems, my family, what it doesn't matter where it was coming from. There was just a lot of noise, which had me listening to everybody else's opinions of who I was and what I should or should not be doing. And through that journey, and I think many of us go down this path, I lost myself. Yeah. And so coming back to self has been a really big insight for me over the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. the unconditioning of life and culture. That was really my first brand name was unconditioned. Like how do I uncondition myself from all of that and recalibrate to who I am? And that involves opening your heart 
and listening and trusting your gut is two things that if I, if I feel a certain way inside of me, I know that I'm going in the right direction. I might not know the result yet, but mm-hmm. I know I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually how I feel it in my body. Oh, I love, I actually, I have a couple of mentors. I've done some human design work this with this year. And it was almost this freeing moment of, oh, because that's actually how I've always done it. I didn't actually understand it. And um, for anybody who's listening, if you don't know human design, like there's, there's definitely some great things that you can look for. But when you look at your numbers, I'm a four, six and a four, six, six is like you literally your life, you have to live it, experience it, then you teach it. And as you go through the whole span of life, you have this like zero to 30, very challenging years, 30 to 50, incredibly challenging years. But now you're actually embodying the lessons that you've learned. And after 50, you teach it. And honestly, for the life of me for so long, it still is my go-to. I fall into, I'm too late to the game. I'm too late to the game. Like, it's amazing how that's something that, and the one thing that came up in human design is like, you actually couldn't teach it before this. Like you actually couldn't, you're not late. You're actually on time. And so that's my go-to reminder because it's just, so if anybody hasn't done it, I find it incredibly fascinating. It's not defining like a label. It's also freeing to say, okay, that is me. And if this isn't me, it's okay to say, no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I'm a four, six, two. No, <laughs> yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, sister. I feel you. Cause I'm a manifesting generator four, six. What's your profile type? I am a generator. Um, sacral, okay. yes. sacral authority and, um, four, six. Yeah. Sacr- sacral authority four, six. How so. cool is that? Now that makes sense. Actually, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. All I'm going to say is now I feel like now I get it a little bit more. Like I, you can start to recognize those things in people and you can start to see, like I can really start to see. So it's actually even helped me with some of my clients, to be honest, just how they respond and what they do. And I think the other thing with generators is really we're built to respond. So we're built to listen and respond. And that might mean that sometimes we actually have to say no to a number of things that we've been doing for a while because they're not lighting us up. So have you been in that space? If you look back now, were there things where you're like, okay, this is just the wrong fit now. This is the wrong fit. And I I need to stop doing this business life. Oh my gosh, this week or like over the last <laughs> 10 years, I'm like, I'm like, Marsha, you're hitting my, like, you're hitting what's what I'm, what I'm working through. Wherever um, you go, wherever you ooh, go, it's all good. Ooh. Uh, people pleasing has been a tendency of mine forever. Mm-hmm. If I go back to why I'm a people pleaser, one of the stories that I created in my head or the, uh, really it becomes a story that I created in my head was the minute I started to becoming successful at something, let's use swimming as an example, people started to notice me. Mm-hmm. And when people started to notice me, I created a story that I am now worthy and so I had to have those hits of dopamine given to me by somebody else yep. in order to feel worthy. Yeah. That has been a parallel that has come with me through life. That is through school and friendships. That is through business, how I've shown up. If I think about some of the tendencies of corporate America, I worked there 
really well. I fit that mold really well because I listened to what everybody else wanted of me. And I molded myself to be that exact human Mm -hmm. of the first one at the desk, the last one there at night, working evenings and weekends. It did not matter because I saw what was being said about what quote unquote success looked like in that model. And I changed myself, AKA lost my own authentic power because I gave it to somebody else in the voice of what they wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And that has been my story and why I have in my entire life struggled with boundaries and saying no. And thank goodness, Lori Harder walked into my life because she is the queen of boundaries. And I found her on a podcast in 2016 and I had an opportunity to learn from her starting 2019 Mm -hmm. for multiple years. And she helped me understand that by people pleasing, we're actually giving our power away and not being genuine to ourselves, which creates a ripple of, it creates a unaligned, unauthentic energy that is felt by other humans. Mm-hmm. And so time over time, I had to recalibrate, well, what was aligned? What is aligned right now? And if if alignment looks like going left and I have been, my trajectory has been right, then I need to shift and I need to start to create, you know, we've heard this word a lot during the pandemic, but I have to have, I need, I need to pivot. I need to try something new. I need to say no to this so that there's room within my body for a yes to come through. Mm -hmm. And that was a big one for me because I always thought the yes had to show up before I could say no. And I've realized that I actually have to create space first and then the yes shows up in my world, in my experience. So for the last multiple years, saying no, creating boundaries, making changes, evolving who I am as a human and therefore what I do in business, how I show up as mom, wife, friend, daughter, all of the things has evolved as I come back to my heart and my authenticity and listen to my gut. And man, that doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) That's a lot of deep energetic work. And I know you get it, Marsha. I really know you get it. And listeners, if you're in it, this is a journey. Like you never hit it. You're never there. It is a constant for me that I need to continue to calibrate and be reminded of. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And there is no there, there's never there. I think that's a, <laughs> such a big misconception. And I really want to dive into your health journey. What I want to ask you since we're right here though, is how do I say this? Have, when you look at what you have created in your own business now, compared to what you were creating in a corporate environment, like how, how do the two parallels and compare like you? It's interesting because I think there's always a misconception that you can do more over here. You can do more over here, but I think it's always, uh, this balance of like, how do I want my life to look? How do I want to, like, how do I want to live? What do I want that to be? So when you look at the changes that you've put in and the work that you're always committing to doing, and you reflect on where you were in your corporate career to where you are now, what do you see? So much. (laughs) Where to start? I am at a place now where when I look back on the journey, 
I have so much freaking gratitude for my journey. I know you inclusive do. of my time in corporate because I would not be here where I am sitting today if I hadn't had that as a part of my journey. And so there's so much trust. I today have so much trust in divine timing and experiences. And we don't always see it when we're, well, let me be clear. We never see it when we're in it. (laughs) We have to get through it and then have some space and time to reflect on it to say, oh, I see it now. I understand why that puzzle piece had to fall or that domino had to fall for me to get to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And so I have so much gratitude that um, I worked for PepsiCo for Frito-Lay. I said that for about uh, eight years, nine years. And the amount of gratitude I have for that fundamental foundation that that company taught me, it is the best training ground for a new grad. Mm. They are incredible at developing talent. The people there are by far some of the best leaders I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. And watching a lot of them do what they're doing today, which is not with corporate America either, is a lot of these leaders are changing the world, changing industries. And it is so empowering to watch and witness. And so today I have just such a significant amount of gratitude for my mentors from that time in my life, the experience that I I had the opportunity to step into the learning because today I can go into my focus today is primarily on hiring for small businesses. I hire full-time kind of executive level roles for these small businesses Mm -hmm. and I can walk into different industries completely different styles of leaders. And I can see so clearly if they want to hit said X vision, and this is the business model that they have. My brain works in, okay, so who do they need to unlock that business strategy and ultimately live out their vision? Mm. And that comes from my fundamentals that I learned at Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So what a hypocrite for me to say things that are bad about corporate America, which I have, and I will own it, (laughs) but it actually gave me the fundamentals to do what I do today and to serve at such a higher level. So I have have a lot of gratitude for it, but let me, if you're okay, I'll I'll walk them through my health journey and take them there. Yeah, please do. Because that wasn't always the case, my friends. So my story, um, Again, athletic athletic background took the same parallels into put your head down, work harder. Um, you know, I could outwork pretty much anyone, even if I wasn't the smartest in the room and I was not, I could outwork people. And that mentality of head down, get to work, work harder, put in the work, put in the time was the methodology that I took into corporate America. Problem is, is that the, or what showed up for me is that I was striving for something that was unaligned. And the reason I was striving for it was because I didn't feel worthy unless somebody else told me I was. So getting the recognition from my leaders or other people in the company or my parents or my friends, because I was moving very quickly through a corporate entity made me feel worthy and I tied my identity to it. And for me, my story goes like this, 2008 to 2012, I was on this really massive fast track. 2012, 
after about a year of deeply knowing something was not right in my health mm-hmm. and going to doctor to doctor to doctor and having them look at me directly in my eyes and say, we've run the test. We've done your blood work. You are a perfectly healthy 25, 26 year old woman. Can I ask you what you were feeling at that time that made you question? Things like, and and put yourself into a 25 year old body. Mm -hmm. My hair was falling out. Oh my God. And that didn't feel normal to me. I was like, wait, what? This isn't normal. It's not. Uh, Weight issues all of a sudden where I was an athlete my entire life. And I was still training for triathlons and, you know, really putting in the work quote unquote. So, uh, that was, that was something that really stood out to me. Brain fog. Like I had never felt before, like this exhaustion at a level I'd never felt before. And, you know, I just felt <laughs> my gut told me that something was off and yet I couldn't find it in the medical system. No, I wasn't being, I, we hadn't landed on it yet yep. is maybe what, what I should say. And so I went a year of just like knowing deep in my gut that something was wrong and not being able to find an answer, doctor's office after doctor's office. And finally, for me, October 25th, 2012 was the day I walked into a doctor's office. And the minute I walked in, there was just a heaviness in the room. And there's a feeling. I've been in, in not different circumstances, but I've been in that position where it's like, I can read the room and something is not right here. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now I'm prepping for something, for some news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My body, when, when I'm in fight or flight modality or mentality, I'm like, Ooh, I go right tense mm-hmm. and I'm just waiting for the hit. Mm-hmm. And that doctor told me that day that I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And you were 26 at the time. 26. 26 at the time. Wow. Wow. Were you by yourself? Can I ask you, were you by yourself? I was by myself at that time. That's that's primarily because my partner at the time came with me to many doctor's appointments that just kept saying that I was fine. So it was just going to be another repeat situation where I was going to another doctor's office where things are going to be fine was how I went into that meeting and walking out of that, you know, there's yeah, I have this recollection. It plays like a movie in my brain, in my mind. It's like this imprint now where everything went quiet. I did not hear anything else that doctor said after those words. Could not tell you. Zero concept of what he said. And everything just went still and quiet. And it almost felt like I was in a tunnel, kind of walking out of that office. And it led, and this is where... I like to be as real as I can in how it felt in my body Mm -hmm. because today, you know, people are like, wow, you're living such a beautiful life and all these great things are happening. And what I sometimes gleam over is the darkness that came before the light. Yep. I speaking, speaking about the darkness especially if you're listening and you're in a season of darkness, mm-hmm. I want to, in a way, normalize it and give people permission to feel it and experience it and 
it is okay to be quiet in those times if that's what feels good for you. It's also okay to find a group of humans that you can share it with that feel really safe for you also. Mm-hmm. That can be a coach, that can be a therapist, that can be a friend, that can be a family member, that can be your journal. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was for me. It was my journal. It was actually writing things down. But to normalize that, for me, I had built this facade of who I was over so many years that I couldn't even hear myself think. I didn't know what I wanted anymore. I didn't know who I was. But this moment gave me an opportunity to stop. Imagine a hamster just on a hamster wheel over and over and over and over and over. And then somebody puts a brick wall in front of said hamster and runs smack into it and they go flat on their tail. Mm -hmm. That That literally was me. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't even fathom that and being on your own in that space, like being on your own. And we got a phone call once from my doctor that said, you are going to get a call. I need you to take Brad with you. This is what's going to happen. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I remember at that time and I'm like, I'll be fine. She goes, no, he needs to go. He needs to. And I remember hearing that word, those words, cancer, and my brain just went to a tunnel is a perfect way to describe it. And I just remember going, I don't, I don't know what he said after that. I have no idea. And so I thank you for that incredible description, because I know that is something that people will relate to. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? After, after a couple months of victimizing in a dark moment, poor me feeling all the shame and sadness. Uh, Marsha, you're going to laugh. This is literally what happened. Um, I spent about five weeks in like what felt like a dark room, literally and figuratively. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of energy of people who were also in fear. And I respect that. I, I totally see it differently now in hindsight, but there were, family members and coworkers and people who just didn't know what to say in a really tough moment. Mm -hmm. And so you get a lot of the looks and I know we're on, we're on video and everyone may not be able to see this, but the looks are like, Oh, Oh. I'm so sorry. Or like, there's a lot of pity kind of like in behind the energy of it. And then everyone means so well, and I've done it myself. So I know what it feels like when you don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And so that was the energy I was caught up from for about five or six weeks. Plus it took a significant amount of time, what felt like an eternity for me to get additional answers, you know, biopsy results, a true MRI into a specialist, all of these things just felt like, you know, this is where an hour felt like a day, a day felt like a month. It just felt like it took so long for me to get answers to really understand like what this meant for me. Mm-hmm. And so you create stories when you don't know, and there's space, you create a lot of stories. So am I dying? Am I not dying? Is this cancer? Is this not cancer? What is happening in my life? But it was the first time in my life that I was finally being faced with the questions of my own mortality. Mm-hmm. I'd been around death. I had seen death. It wasn't the first time I had learned the concept of death but I had never put myself in the shoes of what would this mean if this was my last day? Am I living 
the life I want to live? Have I impacted the people I want to impact? What is my purpose? Why am I here? So it catapulted bigger questions and had me get curious for the very first time about who I was, what I wanted, what my life wanted to look like. And I am so grateful to say that the biopsy came back and it was benign. And for those on here that are spiritual, it just so happened to be in my pituitary gland, which is a chakra center of your third eye. Mm -hmm. And so I was really closed off intuitively to listening to myself because I'd been listening to so many other people for 26 years. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So all of that time there and then finding out that it was benign and did what happened after that? Like, how did you start to recover? How did you start to, cause like you've got the hair loss, you've got things happening that just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And then as well, I, I love the explanation of the intuition piece. Cause it was like, you were blocked. I was completely blocked. So this, this is how I describe it. Think about like, again, I had this solid uh, identity that I like lived in and all my decisions were based on this uh, identity that identity crumbled overnight because I now was asking questions that had nothing to do with that identity anymore. So how I see it is like this big blocked wall that finally had some cracks in it because I was broken and I was broken open. And I was for the first time in my life taken down to my knees and like, hands up, I'm not sure what to do now. Mm-hmm. And so those cracks allowed me to open in ways that I would have never opened before story time. Okay. Love this. Beginning of December, 2012, I'm sick of the pity party. Okay. It's been six weeks of like, just dark, hanging out in a dark room. I feel bad for myself. I'm like, I got to do something for myself and get out of here. And I was an athlete, literally Marsha. The only thing I knew that was self-care at the time was to book a massage. I had zero other tools in my toolkit other than to say, oh, I'll go and relax and get a massage. And this will be something that will help me kind of get back on my feet. I was living in Cambridge at the time. I walked into this office. Um, It was on the river. It was like a total brick building. It was so, so cool and vibey. And I walked into this RMT's office and she looked at me and said, I don't think you're here for a massage today. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I'm like my very logical, practical side of it. What's wrong with you? What? This is weird. (laughs) This is weird. I'm pretty sure I booked a 60 minute massage and now I'm here. And what do you mean? And she said, listen, if you want a massage, I absolutely can give you a massage. It feels like you're moving through a lot of energy right now though. She said, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. You may have not heard of this before, Mm -hmm. but it's a healing modality it's very peaceful and I think it can help you if you'd be open to it. Marsha, I know without a doubt, I would have said no, a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent of the time mm-hmm. had I not been broken open. Mm-hmm. And I was at this point in my life where I'm like, hands up, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm here. So do whatever you want to do. I don't care. I just need a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was on that table for an hour. I think it turned into 90 minutes. And I had never felt such peace in my entire life. And so I went back again and again, and I kept going. 
And what I learned was the more curious I got, and I didn't always need to know why I just needed to trust that when I left that room, I felt better. Mm -hmm. I felt more at ease. I felt at peace. I felt more connected to myself. And I, I find this a lot in spirituality and conversations that I've had is by saying that one, yes, it opened a door. And then it allowed me to say yes again. And then it allowed me to say yes again. And I started to build a foundation of trust with myself that I had never had before. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because I think I've heard many people say, you know, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't know how to, and I'm like, you have to start with one thing. You have to trust one thing, create feedback, look at it, say, well, that felt good. I don't understand why don't really even know what it's doing, but it felt good. And I like feeling better now. Like I like feeling that calmness. Mm -hmm. I like, I've actually had Reiki done a couple of times and I'm like, I still, my science logical brain is like, what is this? I don't get this. But mm-hmm. I also am open enough to know I certainly don't have all the answers. And honestly, I you've described that so many pieces of how you describe yourself as me. I'm like, yep, that's me. That's me. The pusher. Like I just, you just keep going and going. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, but if I am cracked open, now I'm open to see something that I wouldn't have been. And mm-hmm. I think it's actually more, it can penetrate more, can make a bigger difference because you opened up that door. Mm. Every, every beautiful like experience in my life is on the other side of a yes mm-hmm. and often an uncomfortable. Yes. So and true. whether it gave me a, a lesson of what I don't want or what I do want, I'm not, I'm not saying it's one or the other, cause I've had both, mm-hmm. but those being able to see now that there is such thing as divine timing of when things show up and guidance for us, that is happening for us, even when we can't see the big picture, have been two things I come back to daily of even in the moments where I I had an experience recently where, um, you know, it just, there was an experience with somebody who I loved and business went wrong and I was so mortified by it. I was, could not stop crying for an entire week. Mm-hmm. And, um, And when that happened, I kept having to come back to the tools. And now my tools were much, my toolkit's a lot bigger than a massage now, which is wonderful. I have a lot of tools and exercises and practices I have been a part of or facilitated in my own life. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to keep coming back to, this is happening for me. Mm -hmm. This is happening for me. And when you actually look at the root of what led to the bigger picture, it was because, you know, I when I go back to the moment, I actually didn't trust my gut getting into it. I said yes to something I should have said no to. And it was another expression of the universe saying like, Hey, listen, when we say yes to things that are unaligned, it doesn't flow that easily. And then you have to get into the push energy and it doesn't just come naturally. And listen, are we done with this part of our lives now? Can we move on? Hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be so many more Marsha. We'll talk next year and I'll have 10 more stories, but um, that's a part of life. This is a part of the journey. And 
all I could come back to and like bless because I mean, it was with somebody that I love deeply and um, we have such a strong relationship that communication was strong, but I just keep coming back to my values and who I am as a true individual and what the intent was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and that allows for, has helped me to release and let go of energies that I ne- no longer want to take forward with me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. When you realize like how heavy some of those things are that you've been carrying and then you decide not to carry them anymore. It's all of a sudden it feels like just lighter, easier. And, you know, I mean, we all need those moments where we check back in and it's like, wait, so how do you, when you're in a space, like even just now, how do you catch yourself quickly when it's like, okay, no, I shouldn't say, should I say yes to that? Should I say no to that? Or what is not working? You know, that pattern interrupt that you have to do when it's, we fall back into our own defaults. We fall back into our old patterns. Like how do you interrupt the pattern and how do you catch it faster? Gabby Bernstein taught me this, right? Like, how do you come back to yourself faster? It's not about the fact that it's not going to happen. You're going to fall off the horse. Things are going to show up in life. And it's less about the fact that you're falling off the horse. And it's more about how quickly can I choose again or see this differently? And uh, one of my, you know, Miriam Williamson, Dwayne, Dwayne, like Wayne Dyer, Dyer, sorry, and others have been like such a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And that whole mentality of like the Hay House world of how do you choose again? Or, you know, that methodology has really helped me. And so one of the things that I have started to implement is even in the moment, if my gut is screaming, yes. I actually ask for a bit of time now. So it's like, Hey, this sounds really exciting. Can I get back to you? I just need to check a few things and get back to you. Mm -hmm. And so then I get off the call and I have to check in with my physical body. So I'll do, I'll do exercises, like literally put my hand on my gut, my hand on my heart, close my eyes, take three deep breaths and just slow my energy down a little bit. And just ask, is this a yes for me? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about this right now? And then if it's a yes, I step in. Mm. I Because of the fast pace, I mean, you're a generator, you get things done. I have that tendency, really, I actually think I'm a really strong generator. So I have that tendency too, to just be like, yeah, this feels good. Let's go. <laughs> and like even the slightest pause, the slightest pause can create so much momentum and clarity. Mm-hmm. And I have lived by a motto of there's power in the pause. So good. That's so good. And I, I I think that one of the things that I just admire so much about you and I'm learning today and need to continue to learn is the fact that there seems to be so much division of that, like, you know, she's the masculine and she pushes and she gets shit done and she's the feminine and it flows and it's easy. And for the longest time, I'm going to say, even until this last year, I've really had to learn how to continue to let go and like, let go. It's not mine. Trust all those things. I mean, I've learned those lessons a bazillion times over, but definitely this past year, and it can be both, right? It can be, there's a lot of power in the feminine, a lot of power. And it, for a lot of years, I would assume my brain was just like, but that's weaker. Like that's giving up. I'm over here mm-hmm. pushing as an, I was an athlete for years, played competitive sports, did all kinds of, I pushed like crazy. This side didn't make any sense to me. And it's like, all of a sudden life has kind of forced me to embrace both. 
and really shift how that is. But I think that's the one thing I've definitely seen. And even more so today, just from hearing more of your story, how it can be both. Like you can encompass both sides. It's an and not like an either or. How beautiful. Yes, it is an and. And our culture and conditioning and systems are very focused on more of a masculine push. Big time. They've been built off it, right? They're built off getting things done and bottom lines and what's the results and pushing harder. And even this like hustle mentality that showed up in entrepreneurship in, I don't know, 2010 to 2015. Mm -hmm. And now the conversation is shifting, which is so beautiful around slowing down and pausing and the gifts that come when we do that. And, you know, meditation and yoga are no longer taboo and weird. They're a part of our mainstream culture. Yeah. There's apps like Headspace that give us uh, at our fingertips an ability to just check in with five minute meditations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different tools and resources now. And it's such a beautiful example of how we're evolving as a society and how we're starting to embrace more they're just feminine undertones. We Every man and woman has both in their body. And that's what people get confused about. Oh, you're a female and therefore you need to be feminine. No, it's yin and yang energy. We have both. It's an and. And so why are we trying to make it an or and everything outside of ourselves? Right? We have both. Mm-hmm. So that's this like shift because I think that there's also a lot of toxicity in that some of that culture right now where people are almost polarizing them and saying they're either really hard one way or really hard the other way. And I would really ask us as a society and a culture to really understand the blend of both and how that that is actually where our power is. It's not in one or the other, it's in the and. And that that. is just so well said. So well said. And both and and I love that. Actually, absolutely love that. Because I we're seeing more and more proof positive. We are seeing more and more. You referenced Lori Harder. We, I mean, absolutely love her, her podcast, her teaching, everything that she's done. I sat in the one fast foundations when she really did a deep dive on boundaries. Boundaries literally saved my life. There's no question. I don't know where I'd be without them. Um, but hearing her share it the way that she did was such a powerful thing. And so we're seeing more and more, I feel more and more entrepreneurs who are creating incredible businesses and having a life and having time and having their health, like, and way more, and they can be both. And I think that that is something, I mean, I'm sure if I really stop and look, I can find the others, but that's what I'm drawn to is seeing people who are actually doing it with both and having that time life teeter totter balance that's happening. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, wow. So now you work virtually, like all virtual pretty much. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I would say, um, so I've been an entrepreneur for five years now. Mm-hmm. The first half of it was much more as coach. Uh, I did a master's in executive coaching. I then started coaching in kind of smaller businesses and found Lori and Chris and was a part of their first round of fast foundation and started really building an online business. This was an interesting transition for me because I actually uh, avoided what I'm doing today for so long out of fear Mm -hmm. 
that if I stepped back into the world of people, if I stepped back into the world of human resources and recruiting, which is what I did in my corporate life, that I would energetically become her again. I would actually become the person I was that was unaligned and focused on money and um, blind to the things that were going out around me. And so there's a lot of fear tied up in that. And I avoided it for a really long time. I always kind of had a toe in it, but I never went fully in it. And it was in a strategy call when the pandemic hit with Chris Harder, where he said, you are confusing people because you're doing partially business coaching and you're doing partially consulting and people, you need to pick one. Mm -hmm. What can you commit to me for one year to go all in on? And my entire body vibrated. And I said, people, it is the place that I can serve at the highest level. It has proven to me time and time again, that it's able to unlock things that I wasn't able to as a business coach. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I I had a successful business, but it wasn't until I let go of that business fully, which at the time was quite a bit of income <laughs> and our livelihood, and step into something completely. And it wasn't new because I'd done it for 15 years in my corporate life, but to build another model of business and test it and see. And so in a way, I would say the last year and a half, I've kind of put my head down to see if I could get this thing to go and to see if this agency model and and supporting entrepreneurs by hiring the right people to unlock their vision and mission in life was actually going to go. And it's been a ride. I, I think back to it. And in the last year, my team's gone from me to we. It's been one and now there's six of us on the team. Wow. That's so, so freaking fun for me because it's, I love small teams. I love the dynamic. I love being around other very high impact, highly empowered women. It's all women. It's super cool to create a culture of women. And we are working with some of the most incredible companies and leaders out there. And we're seeing how, when we bring the right people into their ethos, that those people can help them unlock their bigger mission in life. And that ripple effect in all of those people that we're touching, not only are we giving humans an opportunity to step into a new business for themselves, we're giving that business owner to step into their power and what they do best so they can serve at the highest level. And when I actually think about the ripple of all of those things, that is what service means to me. And that's what I keep coming back to. So when I got outside of myself and stopped making it about me, I started to see that how I can serve other people best is by bringing all of my experience and not just pieces of my experience. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I'm serving at the highest level. And so it's been a wild ride. We've had, I mean, I've with love, I've four X'd my business coaching income in 18 months, which is so freaking fun. And so it is an and that way too, because equal energy exchange also comes with a term in our culture and our world right now, which, which is transferred by energy and money. Mm-hmm. And so to really work on money mindset and to welcome that money in so I can change the lives of the women that work on my team and therefore change the lives of my clients has been a, such a beautiful experience. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I can't tell you how many people 
I have talked to that obviously pivoted right at the beginning of the pandemic. Some were forced to, like my job was gone. So it was like, let's, okay, I've got to figure this out right now. Like it was just this intense energy of it's got, I've got to figure it out now. And how many other people were in a space where it's like you, like you saying, okay, but what, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? What do I want it to look like? And so many people, I just can think back to like, put their heads down. They, they went, got to work and didn't look back. And there was this real, and this is not a criticism, but there was this real energy of some people who were sitting and waiting for the curve to flatten for the time to go. And then over here, you've got the people who are going, oh my God, this time is a gift. Like I need to use this and going in and doing it. So I love what, like what you've created in this last 18, 19 months. That's fantastic. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It feels, it feels exciting and it feels like we're just getting started, which is another kind of beautiful undertone to it. And for those out there that don't know how to a receive and or celebrate their wins, this is me being very uncomfortable right now because Marsha just said, congratulations. I'm like, receive it. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Thank you. I'm also very proud of myself and the team. And, uh, and that doesn't come easy to me because receiving is well is part of my work. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. People pleasers. I mean, I, when you talked earlier about people pleaser, um, one of the quizzes that I created was like looking at, you know, it's what blocks us from owning our story and it's a victim people pleaser, hider and um, fighter. And yes. we all spend time in the victim. All of us do. We all have time. Sometimes people don't come out of that space and sometimes we spend time there. But part of that people pleaser is what you had just described, like being difficulty receiving. And it's like, it's like, no, no, that's good. It's like, it's, it's kind of back and giving it, pushing it back. But I can see like, it's definitely something we're all working on that, that receiving piece. I love being on with clients and I'll say something and they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, oh, we're actually going to stop right now. And we're going to practice receiving Mm, because what a gift. What a gift. It's it's like, but I don't want to. And I'm like, the more that you don't want to, the more we're going to do it. We're staying right here until you actually do it. And it's amazing. I can't tell you how many women get super emotional just even going through the practice of trying to receive. But that receiving is, it's not even just money. It's like, it's everything. It's your opportunities. It's your, you know, that worthiness piece, allowing more to come in. Um, so yes, I, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Where's the best place for people to connect with you and to follow you and to learn more about what you do? Likely Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's at Jackie service. So everything jackieservice.com at Jackie service. I also hang out on LinkedIn a lot. Um, so Jackie service on LinkedIn. And I, and I say that because I actually took a little bit of a hiatus from the, from the social for a minute and, I love the tool. The tool is phenomenal. I love the connections that have come through the tool. And what I will say is as, as we look at 2022, we'll be back to teaching and giving value and making sure that people have some good content to uh, sink into as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also okay if you need a break to take a break. Cause we sometimes don't honor the space. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us had different experiences of transition this last year and, I went through a summer of loss of some very close people in my life. And, uh, and so it just was a, it didn't feel right. It felt like time to take a pause. So um, that is the best place for people to find me. I love hanging out in DMs. So like actually send us a message, 
tag us both because it just, if you've learned anything today, that that brings so much joy to both Marsha and I, I know that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I love that you shared that. And I, I, I want to honor one thing that you said there is the fact that your business did Forex this 18 months. You did um, suffer some significant loss and I'm sorry for that. And you took some time off of social media, which for some people they're like, oh no, 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 you can't do that because your business can't grow if you don't. And I think right now we're in this energetic space that if we don't have some good boundaries in place, it can be absolutely consuming. And so I have a few clients right now who are going through some really difficult times. They're like, I just, I can't, I don't want to be on there. I'm like, then don't, because there's nothing worse than showing up in the energy of feeling like you have to be there because people can read that. And that's just not, it's okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting. Cause I've been told many times you need to take a break from it. It's actually my outlet. I don't actually consume very much on it. I do. I write and share, but I don't, if I ever feel like I have to, I literally put it down. I'm like, Nope, wrong, wrong energy, wrong energy and walk away. But I just really want to honor that piece because I think that that is a misconception right now that we have to be on there 24 seven in our stories, in this, in that trying to sell, doing whatever, all the things And if you're not listening to what you need and honoring that, then even if you do have success in your business, I don't know if, if you'd be in the space to hold it because you're not listening to what you need. Amen. (laughs) And if you think this is just from my experience, if I can be, if one person listening can, can like, here's this and can take it with them. Zero of my clients came through social media. Oh. They all, and I love that tool to explore and share and add value and connect. However, in my situation, we are so blessed to say a hundred percent of our business is referral based. That is, And it's our community who knows community, who knows community. Mm -hmm. And, and so trust that too. trust that sometimes there's intuitive pings because we're actually looking in the wrong place. And so that's just, if you're feeling this way of, you know, being in a, being taught or being, or having learned that you have to show up and you have to post three times a day and you need to be on your stories. Yes. Listen, listen, building a personal brand is, is very important. Uh, People definitely looked at my socials once they found out who I was to make sure that I was reliable and they wanted to work with me. So it was a check for a lot of my clients but it wasn't the decision of what they chose, if they chose to work with me or not. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling like you have to give yourself a, give yourself permission to take a week and see what it feels like. Give yourself permission to take a weekend at that and just double check. Like, why am I using this tool? How is this enabling me? How is this li- helping me live my, my mission and my vision in life? So because good. That energy is what people feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, and yeah. It can become that lack. You don't even mean to, but it can become this lack that I, I have to be here. I have to do this. And I think sometimes then you can really connect with the wrong people. And it's just, inter- it's just a very interesting, it's an interesting tool. It definitely is a tool for me. It becomes an expression. It's helping. Mm-hmm. It helps Beautiful. me to always yeah, sort through creative ideas, what, whatever I'm feeling, kind of what I'm going through. And, um, but yeah, definitely one of the checkpoints is if I feel like I have to, it's like, no, I have to take a break. That's just not, not the right energy. So beautiful. Um, question for you, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? 
the experience was my brain tumor. The lesson was that the more I step authentically into myself and listen to myself, the more out, the more that is outside of me becomes aligned. Mm -hmm. So the right people show up, the gifts show up, the business shows up, the money shows up, and we actually attract that in. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to always be going to look for it. Oh, that is just beautiful. Honestly, that's beautiful. That's such a massive amount of growth. And it obviously took a very serious condition to start that process. And I just see, like, even when I do see you on social, I see this, you, you exude gratitude. You can see it. Like you can see it, you can feel it. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing. So I honestly have absolutely loved this conversation with you. I think I could talk to you um, most of the day, but we definitely, but I honestly so grateful for you, for your time, for everything that you're doing and for how you stepped into sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much, Marsha. You are such a gift to so many, and I'm excited to keep the conversations going. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.